We are so bad at this. <laughs> okay, let's go. Welcome to the podcast for Catholic education and Catholics seeking education. This is Going Forth. Episode 4.5. The church is like the MLB. Well, Mike, how's it going? It's going well. I got a quick quick one for you here, Anthony. Yeah, good. I'm looking forward to it. I think we, uh, we could probably get this done in under 10 minutes. Okay, so I have a question for you. Is there anyone who's desperately growing up wanted to be a professional kickball player? No, 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 Anthony, Anthony, don't even, you're not even thinking. (laughs) No, you didn't. Let's be honest, okay? No one's ever wanted to be a professional kickball player. No one wants to be a professional kickball player, right? And truthfully, It could be the next Olympic sport. Even if there was, um, even if you think, I'm really good at being a professional kickball player, right? Or I'm really good at playing kickball. You don't know how you stack up against the best because there's no league. There's no there's no yeah. place where you can go to clearly kind of compare your skills to other people from around the world, right? And I kind of ask... Or to compete I, with them, too. Right. And I ask this question because I think there's, there's an allegory here for... Um, what the value of religion in our world today especially among um the generation z i believe is what they're called that are that are in high school Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. college somewhat and then the millennials after there's there are a lot of nuns a lot of these people who are not affiliated with religion and i think a large part of that is is not that they don't you know care about pursuing the divine or don't have these inklings of of uh, you know genuine faith planted in them, I, I think there's a real distrust and discomfort with institutions. So um, no right. one no one has wanted to be a kickball player, but if you were anything no, like me, never. if <laughs> if you were anything like me growing up, probably at some point you thought I, I or at least as a as a guy, um, you probably thought you know being in the MLB would be pretty awesome, right? And, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, I offer this to my students because what does the MLB have? Um, they've got these grand stadiums that are like, it's a special occasion when you get to go there. And going to the ball game is an experience that like your family might make important or it's where you reconnect with your friends. Um, buying the popcorn and the Cracker Jack and the you know, tall drinks of you know, whatever liquid um, that this is this is part of the tradition of going to the game, and you get to see your favorite team and all this stuff. And um, people on the radio are excited yeah, whenever got, a game is coming up. You've got you got people on the radio excited. You've yeah, got all these, over the news. Yeah, you've got these great announcers, Harry Carey and Jack Buck, and mm-hmm. um, all these great figures that are staples in the the world of professional baseball. And then you ask. You know, kids, who's the best baseball player? And they might say some name from today. They might say uh, mm-hmm. Puig. They might say Pujols was a big one, especially for me growing up. Um, Babe Ruth, certainly. Derek Jeter. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they know some of the greats. And one of the ways that they know the greats is they you just ask them who's in the Hall of Fame, and they can tell you a few people. Yeah. 
And um, then on the field of baseball, right, there are these people who we go and we watch and they enjoy playing the game and they are really intense and they've perfected their craft. They have listened to the best hitting coaches. They have tweaked their swing ever so slightly. They've analyzed the, the, the hitting patterns of the, of the players so that they know where to stand when they're playing defense to maximize their chance of earning an out. They've, per, they've you know, nearly perfected the game or, or are doing their best to do that in ways that you and I and, and many people will never come close to. But we, we kind of admire right. them for their, the way they've honed their craft. And then not only are there players involved in the MLB, but there's also this sort of front office, these deci- behind-the-scenes decision makers that if you really care about the MLB, you know their names, um, you know the, the players they're scouting out, you follow these reports and the news and stuff, but you don't you know, mm-hmm. many people, you don't have to follow this stuff. It's it's not an immediately, you know, it's not something you have to do to be a fan of Major League Baseball. Um, and then you've got the commissioner of baseball. And he doesn't, you know, set all the rules, but he kind of has prominence in, in maintaining the integrity of the game and making sure that umpires are being fair in how they apply the rules and this sorts of things. And I see... In this institution, the MLB, I see something very similar to our Catholic Church, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Many people, if the MLB didn't exist, baseball would still be around. If the Catholic Church didn't exist, people would still pursue the divine in some way, right? We've seen it in every civilization in human history, as far as I know, that people have sought Mm -hmm. out... Um, the divine and have ha- have created traditions as ways to honor the divine. But without the MLB, people are not gonna, you know, pursue baseball with such intensity. They're not going to make a family event around that activity of going to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I use this little. In fact, it might even. Sorry, what? I said, in fact, it might even fall by the wayside you know it might be a, a fast a passing fad where baseball today but because there's no MLB it's gone tomorrow you know where it's fun today but after a while it kind of fades yeah yeah and so I use this little analogy with some of my students and they seem they seem like they they get it they appreciate it that the Catholic Church this institution that that it's very I think easy for a lot of people in our culture and our society to to criticize um or there are little things here or there that they disagree with oh i I don't like the i don't like this teaching or i don't like that this you know the sex abuse scandals have been absolutely terrible um and we can see some allegories though within the MLB, right? I don't like this this particular call. Um, I don't like the way the infield fly rule is applied. I don't like the pinch hitter because the pinch hitter is obviously the worst thing about baseball. Everyone knows that. Um, let's let's be real. My favorite baseball players from when I was a kid all ended up scandalized because of the Roids Roids incident. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not able to be a fan of Mark McGuire anymore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. And but but nonetheless, I think. 
as this past October with the Astros and the Dodgers demonstrated, like mm-hmm. Americans are still loving baseball. You know, the MLB is still yep. a great, great thing that um, inspires and captivates and brings people together. Um, and, the, you know, the Catholic Church does that as well. And the Catholic Church provides us with kind of clear directions of this is how you hone your craft. This is how mm-hmm. over thousands of years you know different catholics have offered their wisdom for how you too can come to understand god and his his plan for you and his relationship with you and his sacrifice for you um and so you know those those little people those writers those bishop barons those pope francis's those teresa of avila's that offer this wisdom they're like the hitting coaches and the pitching coaches and the the uh, manager who's working here or there to help you become the best player you can be. And the Pope mm-hmm. the Pope is not in charge of the Catholic Church. He doesn't decide every little rule. He can't abolish it. He can't, you know, get rid of rules willy-nilly. But he, just like the commissioner of baseball, right, he has this role in – he has a more public role, more uh, in – making sure that the, the umpires, making sure the priests and bishops are are kind of adhering to church teaching and and giving direction to it and giving emphasis to certain teachings maybe that have have been overlooked a little bit too much in certain instances. And so I love this little analogy. I personally feel like invigorated by it. Um, and I've seen how my students, you know, young people in their teens, really seem to appreciate it and and seem to find that that is kind of true you know people people don't care to become professional kickball players because that would be stupid right because <laughs> there's because there's no institutional mm-hmm. support and so i really i really want to um, impart on them this not my wisdom but the wisdom that that institutions carry especially um you know the institution of the church the one the one founded by Christ Himself, I think. Um, right. Where what better no, place you're, to turn you've got a, wisdom? You've got a, a great allegory there, and I think it um, it lines up really well with some of the great coaches that I think have coached their players in a way that is similar to how the church has tried to build up its people. Um, it's true. A good coach, I know this is kind of off your allegory, but a good coach wants to build virtue in their player and then look for everything else. The results come from a, co- a player having good virtue, having, you know, they're prudent in how much they practice, they're temperate in how much they, they, they work out. They, they know what is necessary to succeed in their craft and to build into that institution, um, whether that's teamwork, working together, or finding the right coach who definitely can lead them on a good path. But then, um, I think about how the church is doing that in the same way um, with saints. Now, when I uh, when I was in Notre Dame, somebody told me that their tradition there is that there's a there's some sort of like when they leave the football field, there's some sort of wall or something they're supposed to tap, and yeah. on the wall it says something like <laughs> "pray like a or play like a saint today" or something like that. I think play I like that's not play it. like a know. champion today. Yeah, it's in the locker play room. Play like a champion today. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe that's it. But when I was at my old school, one of the one of the teachers that was there for years, he had taken that and put it on the on the doorway above our classroom. And every kid that had gone through there said, "This is where they always tapped it." And I didn't know what it was, and it had been kind of like you know smudged off. The paint had been rubbed down, and you couldn't really see much. But they said that it used to say, "Play like a saint today," and I like that analogy that. There is a structure in place, and there are people that have gone before us that have done it better than we have, but they're not just challenging us to do it well. They're challenging us to do it better than they ever did. Yeah, the Hall of Famers. The Hall of Famers, man. They're, they're our saints. They are. So I like that. That's a, that's a good way to reinvigorate us and to put our support back in the church and not just into our personal spirituality. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Well, hope thank this you, is, Mike. Yeah, hope this has been valuable. Hope you can share this with your, maybe your friends if you're in high school or college and, and know mm-hmm. some of those religious skeptics that, that are pursuing, yeah. you know, that genuinely want the divine, genuinely want to know God, genuinely believe in Christ, but have these this struggle with institutions. I think, I think we need to do right. a little bit to, you know, help them realize the value of institutions or maybe you you can share this with well, your good. son or daughter who you know you want to be more involved in their faith life and their their religion not just in their spiritual right. life right yeah i'll definitely put this in my back pocket for when this conversation comes up and it does come up well hopefully next time i can share with you um one of my own little uh, analogies i use in the classroom um but thank you again mike and uh why don't we say a quick little prayer and uh and our time here. In the name of the name Father, of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray for all those people who have doubt in the church. Let's pray for them and so that they might put their hope back into the, um, the people of God. Um, and for the leaders of our church, um, the people that sustain the institution, that sustain the ministries, um, that our church has not just not just at the parish level but in the hospitals um, in the soup kitchens in the schools um, for all those people who are tasked with um, building up this wonderful institution that's given life to um, all of us for these very good and why don't we say a quick oh, go for go it go well do you want to say a quick glory be You go ahead. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Amen. Son, and the, the Holy Spirit. The Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks Amen. again, Anthony. Yeah, after this conversation, I want to go out and throw the baseball around a little bit. Thanks, Mike. No problem. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening once again. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation with Michael and I, go ahead and send us an email at goingforthpodcast at gmail.com.